Pickaxe. Hello and welcome back to the Review of Death, your weekly Doctor Who podcast for news and reviews. I'm Matt Toflo and I'm joined by Billy Garrett-John. Hello, Billy. Hello, everyone. It's the last one of Flux. It is. It's over. Uh, what the Flux was that all about? <laughs> there we are. I was waiting who was going to do that first. Um, yeah, this is the last time that we'll kind of get together weekly to review New Who for like ages because it's going to be the three specials next year. Yeah. And then the special in 2023. Yeah. And then New Doctor Who when? Like a full series? This is the last full series for a couple of years. Maybe maybe spring 2024? We maybe. chose the wrong time to launch a podcast, didn't we really? <laughs> We did, we did. We'll get through it, though. We've got lots of Doctor It's not like there's no Doctor Who to watch in That's general. True. That's true. Uh, so, um, yeah, the, ne- the next one is the 1st of January, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, Eve of the Daleks. Which, of the should Dalek. we talk about that quickly? Because it's obviously, you know, entirely unrelated, apparently, yeah. seemingly, to yeah. Flux. It looks all right. It looks quite good. It's like Groundhog Day with Daleks. Seems interesting. Got a good cast. That sounds good to me. Got a good cast, yeah. And yeah. when you said Asleen B in like a previous episode yeah. of the podcast, I was like, I recognised the name. And then as soon as she popped up in the trailer, I was like, her, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's um, good. Uh, and the Daleks are good. That new Gatling yeah. Gun Dalek. That looks cool. That looks really cool. But they've still got the, I don't know what they were called. The yeah, those little claw, claw thingies. Yeah, weird. I, I, yeah. I miss the plungers. I miss the plungers, but at least it kind of separates them from like other Daleks. At least yeah. it's something different. Um, so, yeah, before then, though, we've got to break down the last six weeks of Doctor Who television and see if it lived up to all of that build up with yeah. the finale, The Vanquishers, chapter six. Um, I. I think that the general consensus, actually, from everybody that I've asked, they kind of said, oh, I I thought it was good or okay, but everybody seems to have a general feeling that it maybe it wasn't quite worth the six weeks and this episode in particular, I should say. Um, Because I think there's a distinction between the flux itself as a season being a waste and this finale not living up to the previous yeah. five episodes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an important dis- distinction to kind of make. Um, but the, yeah, also like all these strands felt left hanging. There was still some stuff there that didn't quite get resolved. It felt a bit difficult to get a grip on, you know, like. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I am left with almost as many questions as I was at the start of the series. Like, I don't feel like anything really got answered in a, in a succinct and, you know, good, a good way. Mm. But you know. like, you know, it's, yeah. The questions that you're left with, I'm guessing is still things like what's wrong with the TARDIS yeah. still. Is that still an issue? Um, what was the temple of Atrobos like specifically? Yeah. About, um, is the universe still like fluxed? Yeah. Um, is that it? Are the Daleks and Cybermen and Sontarans, with the exceptions of the ones in Eve of the Daleks, have they been entirely wiped out? Yeah. Um, you know, but I kind of think... Who, who are Swarm and Azure? 
What were yeah, they? Who the hell are they? What was that all about? Why was Division and Tecteon really even a part of the plot? Because it didn't really amount to anything. Um, who is time? What is time? That was weird, but we'll get to that as we move on through this story. I think the first thing that we should probably address is the Sontarans. Were they the big bad after all, after all of that? It felt I, like it. Yeah, they, well, I mean, they were, weren't they? I mean, I suppose the, the big bad is Swarm and Azure. But then... They had so little screen time. <laughs> yeah, they've got so little screen time in this episode. And I think that was a problem. But, but then it's, it's almost like for every negative I can think of, like Swarm and Azure weren't really in that story. And then I'm like, but Azure did have that amazing one-on-one with the 13th Doctor where they kind of compared their morals. Yeah. Um, like, I loved that scene where yeah. Azure's like, you know, you want things to go well. You want people to rise up and things to be fixed and put back together. Yeah. And she's just like, why? Like, why can't you have the opposite? Why can't you see the positives in the opposite? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think Chibnall writes, like, character motivations for villains quite well. You know, like the master... It's just like, I've just got this thing where killing people just feels right. You know, doing this feels right. And so you don't really need like much of a thing for them to hang their hats on. Like we're doing this specifically because of this. Yeah. So like, I'm not too fussed that their motivations per se weren't laid out so clearly. Yeah. Because they are just baddies. And and sometimes that's enough. Like, yeah. I, I'll say this for a lot of this episode, I think like you could levy a lot of the criticisms you make at this story for not being as succinct with certain plot details and the way that things weren't resolved. You could levy most of those criticisms at a lot of classic Doctor Who stories. Um, I think that people expect all of the boxes to be ticked and for all of these answers to be resolved because of the way that the show is sort of set out and stalled in that way for previous showrunners. Yeah. And I think that there's an expectancy to get the same level of explanation that you would have got with a, well, with a Stephen, but, you know, maybe not with, with a Russell or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that, that Chris Chibnall expects that much of his audience and not, not in a negative sense. I think he just kind of writes it for you to enjoy it in the moment as like a big fat dose of Doctor Who and, you know, whether or not the strands all tie up in the most satisfying way possible. It's kind of not the point. I, I know that sounds like a cop-out for me saying, because because I'm sure there's many Doc 2 stories where I would have said the complete opposite should be happening. Yeah. And everything needs to be answered and everything needs to get nailed on the head. But I, I don't think that's the kind of Doctor Who that Chris Chibnall writes. Um, I don't think he writes stuff to stand up to scrutiny. Um, that could be... <laughs> Evidently. A big, 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 you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. It, Maybe I shouldn't be praising an author for that. No. But at the same time, if I've sat down and I've really enjoyed the last, you know, six weeks of television and I feel emotionally satisfied by what I saw last night, I, it kind of doesn't matter. Right. You know, that for me, that a lot of the stuff didn't get resolved in the most satisfying way possible. Um, I do have a few niggles, obviously, that I'll get yeah. to. But generally speaking, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was fine. Um, okay. Fine as a finale with some really good individual moments in it. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I found it a resounding disappointment. I mean, I, 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 it was, <laughs> I think the fact that last week we sort of said, 
there's so much going on. How are they going to fit all this into an hour? And then as the hour was moving on, I was, I kept checking my watch, which is never a good sign when you're watching Doctor Who, when you're watching a good Doctor Who, you know, I never check my watch, but this time I was there going, right. So this is all going on. How far are we into this now? Okay. Well, you've got a lot of other stuff to wrap up and I can't see how you're going to do that. It just felt to me incredibly muddly. Um, I think Chris Chibnall has this terrible problem where he's just like, let's just throw more things at the story. And I don't know why he does that. It is completely bonkers. You know, at the beginning of this uh, series, I praised him for, you know, we've got Yaz and Dan. That's so much better than having three companions. You know, it feels much lighter. It works a lot better. Unfortunately, by the end of this story, there are just so many characters, characters that really don't need to be there. Kate Stewart, what was she there for? So I didn't, like, I think we might have already mentioned this. I didn't get to rewatch this story. This is the first episode of this season I haven't rewatched. But I managed to watch like the beginning of, of all the episodes. Of all the episodes, <laughs> yeah, the most important <laughs> one. So annoying. But at the beginning, um, when the doctor meets Kate and she's like, oh, I'm Kate Stewart, uh, head of human resistance against the Sontarans. And it's like, what human resistance? It's you on your own in some bloody tunnels. And what are you even doing? What have you done? You've brought the TARDIS here somehow. And she's just sort of there. She's there for the story. And then at the end, she's like, oh, hope to see you again, Kate Stewart. What? As a bit of bloody background scenery, you might as well have got a cardboard cutout of the silly woman and just stuck that in the corner. It was ridiculous. She did nothing. Did she even do anything to get on the Sontaran spaceship? Did she, did, did she actually do anything to help the plot? Um, no. And I think, that, <laughs> I, I think I, I, her being in it specifically is the thing that I'm like, huh? About? Because, yeah. like, you know, you could have maybe swapped her out for somebody who was already part of that ensemble yeah. rather than introducing her at the end of the previous story, pretty much. Yeah. And then, cause I, I was shocked that she actually appeared again, to mm. be honest. Yeah. I kind of thought, you know, if there was an appearance by her later, maybe it gets left on the cutting room floor. I'm not sure I'm that bothered to know what happens after her house blows up and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And in that same vein as you're talking about with the way that Chibnall kind of treats her in the story i was much more of the mindset that that'll never get referred to again and that yeah. scene of kate on the phone is probably the last time she's ever going to be in the program that's kind of how yeah. i thought of it for some reason but um that human resistance thing i was like well oh so we're going to see some sort of like you know band of like survivors yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like and- unit people that have like you know gather together under her control and are like, okay, we're going to do, we're going to be like a little strike squad against the Santarans, which and I think would have probably worked much better than what we actually got with the corner shop nonsense, which I hate. Uh, I, I, I like that scene. Oh, you bloody would like it. Wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll say it for this reason. I, uh, what I've watched this entire series bar one or two episodes with, Stella, my other half. And I think I mentioned her in other videos because I, I think she's a really good lit- litmus test for me to figure out yeah. if she's enjoying it right. as like a casual viewer because she doesn't really know anything about Doctor Who. She's yeah. not like so steeped in it from a cultural perspective as a British person that she would instinctively know 
what a TARDIS is or what a Dalek is and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and when that scene happened, I was kind of like, you know, chuckling away to myself and also at the same time going, I would have probably thrown stuff at the telly had this happened a couple of years ago, you know, right. like if somebody else had done it or whatever. But then she said, it, that, that's weird because that's the first scene that I've seen that reminds me that kids watch this show, not necessarily primarily, but probably primarily if you were to yeah. look at the biggest demographic, like kids, it's a kid's show that parents watch with their yeah. kids. So that then turns it into a family show. Yeah. If the parents, you know, weren't engaged in, and there weren't things written for the parents to be engaged in, it would be a children's program. Yeah. And so you kind of, still need scenes like that. I don't think it derails the entirety of the Sontaran race. Mm. It's like one Sontaran. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and so I don't mind it so much, you know, it doesn't sort of color their entire species as being idiots and chocolate fiends, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I actually missed the explanation as to what was going on. All of a sudden they were just talking about corner shops, operation corner shop. Like what are you talking about? And then, so what was it? Why, why well, were the Sontarans I, I, eating chocolate? There is a there is a bit That's where a you know Jody sentence. does <laughs> there is a bit where Jody does one of her blah, 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 yeah that's I think that's why I miss there was too much of that this episode if you weren't yeah. really listening I, I wish I had subtitles on because I think if you I, really it, weren't listening intently you're gonna miss stuff or even if you were you'd I think miss we're stuff. lucky that she can carry that stuff off quite well yeah because I'm not sure if you put that stuff down in, Peter, um, in front of Peter Capaldi he'd be able to. Um, just gnaw it off like like in that way, you know. Mm. Um, he probably would cut it down by half, but I think I think she mentioned something about gravity and the Sontaran's relation to gravity. Yeah. Um, I kind of took that as like, oh, they need more gases in their stomach, and there's going to be some kind of fart joke at some point or whatever. So they need to eat like sugar rich or whatever kind of rich food, and that. Yeah happens to be chocolate so they have to kind of they did mention specifically that they've targeted corner shops when they've yeah. landed um but yeah beyond that i, I don't know uh, okay all right that's your explanation fine fine i mean i i, I yeah well you, you know what i thought <laughs> i know what you thought i thought it was silly um but that's that that's me uh what did you what did you think about the the three doctors Obviously, that was the big part it. of the story, having three doctors. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I thought that was quite clever. And I think that is kind of part of what we were speaking about last week, going like, how are they going to resolve all these plot threads? Yeah. So actually to split the doctor across three of those plots, the main three. Yeah. So she's still there and she's still playing an active role in each one, I thought was a really, really clever idea. Yeah. Um, because you're not losing out, like not... I think that's the problem when you've got so many threads going, and this is probably why I didn't feel too disappointed by it, is that one is one or two are always going to be weaker depending on who's part of that cast. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Jodie was across all three made all of them important. Right. And I think that she got in nice individual moments in each one. Like each one kind of had their standout moment. So for yeah. me, like her with Azure and Swarm was that one-on-one -on -one she has with Azure. Um, with Carvanista, it's the scene where they're in prison. In the prison, yeah. And that whole bit where he kind of opens up that they had a prior relationship, um, I thought was really, really well done. 
Um, Because it's funny just sort of seeing a a companion of the Doctors that isn't, you know, a white person in their 20s or, you know, any human. Any human, yeah. Like kind of opening up about emotions and having an emotional attachment to the Doctor. And it made me think, God, has this show just thought in this tiny box such a long time? Because like having a a non, you know, bipedal humanoid companion would be such a breath of fresh air. It would be really cool. Um, And it's nice that it kind of opened it up to that with Carvanista and you can kind of imagine, hey, there's like a kind of, yeah, obviously the chewy illusions are kind of patently obvious. Yes. But I I liked the fact that there's a dynamic at some point in the past that involves Carvanista as a companion because I take Carvanista as a companion on the show going forward. I think that they'd be great on the program. Well, I think this is Um, it. A lot of people said that, you know, it would be cool to see, you know, the adventures of Joe Martin's Doctor and Carvanista and what that would look like and, you know, exactly. what would they get up to. Um, uh, and then I think, I can't remember if it's, I think it's part of the same plot thread um, with Carvanista, uh, but the whole thing with the Grand Serpent, that yeah. torture scene, yeah. I thought was brilliant. That um, was really good. Again, another example that when you just pick Jodie against the good villain, yeah. she just absolutely hits it home every single time she's brilliant at yeah. those scenes and yeah i loved that that whole sequence i thought she was excellent i think that'll yeah. be a defining scene for her when people go back and rank her scenes i think that one with with the grand serpent's going to be great shame that the grand serpent doesn't actually have any weight to him whatsoever as a character i, I was just about to say it was a great scene but again the grand serpent was another character it's like did he need to be in this story no it's like, what's the point? It's just another, another body filling airtime for, but no real reason. Um, you know, there was no, no real sort of face off between him and Vinder. You know, it was just like, oh, you're here as well, are you? Oh, well, we'll stick you in the deep space on an asteroid. You know, it was just, it just felt needless. You know, and and, and again, it just made everything that happened in last week's episode with units again feel a bit pointless you know that was such a big part of the episode all of that unit stuff you know from the start all the way through and then what did it really amount to oh you set up unit just to shut down unit just so the Sontarans could invade well that was nice that you showed us how that happened but honestly I'd have been very happy with just yeah government funding got cut for unit so the Sontarans can invade and then Grand Serpent wouldn't have needed to be in it at all. It it just it just feels like it feels like Chris Chibnall had ten episodes in his head and thought, "Shit, I've got to put this into six. Oh, but I really like that idea. Oh, I would. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if I could put that in there? Oh, go on, I'll just squeeze it in. Oh, I really like this idea for that story, but I can't do it because there's only six episodes. Oh, what if we just squeeze it in? Oh, it would have been nice to have done a unit story with Kate Stewart. Oh, well, we'll just drop her in anyway. It just doesn't work like that. Now I could be talking completely out of turn, and he could have come up with this completely separately. But that's just how it came across. It was just, just too much, too many people. And I think t- towards the end, I just sort of was like. Ugh. I don't really care. The people that I do care about, the stuff that I was really interested in at the start, and I think everybody was interested in, was the Swarm stuff, the Azure stuff, the Division stuff, the Doctor's Memories stuff. That ended up becoming the least significant part of the entire plot. I didn't give a shit about the Sontarans. You know, I love the Sontarans. War of the Sontarans was a great story. Excellent. 
they did not need to be the big baddies of this whole thing. Um, Sontarans are wonderful, but they're not the big baddies of a story, especially when you've got like the Daleks and the Cybermen turning up being very stupidly duped into being destroyed. That was so ridiculous. Like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll form an alliance. The Daleks and the Cybermen are going to form an alliance with each other and the Sontarans. Yeah, yeah, come on, don't be stupid. You know, Daleks have just turned up and killed a lot of them. They'd have their own bloody shenanigans all planned out. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm just being uh, an angry fan. But it just... You could be a lot you could be a lot angrier. I could be a lot angrier. I could be yeah. a lot angrier. But I just, it just um, felt like just a, just I know. a very disappointing. I, I think that the hype has played a lot, a, a big part in it because, you know, we, we were talking, and, and I don't think this is uh, me blaming fans because I'm going to sort of bring Chibnall into the discussion as well. But I think, you know, we were talking last week about, even before, like Tech Tayoon. Yeah. We thought, you know, Rani, White Guardian, no, just Tetsayun gets killed at the end of the episode and doesn't really get brought up in this one, yeah. which is a bit bonkers considering, you know, the Doctor considered her a mother at one point. And yeah. as far as the Doctor's concerned, if she never goes near that fob watch, that's the only person that could have actually told her yes. anything about herself. Um, and, I, you know, we built up these pictures in our heads. We expected Joe Martin to be in this week's story and she wasn't. That was yeah. like a given as far as we were concerned. Yeah. And I think the fact that those things didn't happen or that some things happened, but not necessarily in the right order. Yeah. Um, I think has weighed down people's opinion of this story. Um, you know, we all get caught up in the malaise of sort of like, Oh, it'd be amazing if this would happen. It'd be amazing if that yeah. happened. And I, I just, I, I think that that's, a little bit of what's happened. I'm not going to blame the entire thing on no. on the fan hype because that's not fair and it's not really the case. No. I will take a second though to talk about COVID, right, and the effect that that would have had in the season. Because obviously you yeah. mentioned it feels like ten episodes worth of material squeezed into six. Yeah, and I think that's probably very much the case. Yeah. Um, I also think the fact that you've got to consider these people had to form bubbles so yeah. that they weren't in. I think that. Like the Grand Serpent is probably a character wearing many different characters' hats. Yeah. I think that there's lots of characters in here that are doing the job of maybe two others mm. that you would have seen through the series. Um, so, like, for example, but, but then the show also isn't kind of afraid to, like, when a character's done and done their bit, like Williamson's Farewell. Yeah. I thought, do you know what? The balls of you to just go literally to the character your bit's done now like we're off <laughs> you, can, you can go away like please exit stage left yeah. sort of thing i thought the balls are doing that and i kind of thought when i was watching it do i feel like that was a bit like weak source like or a bit blatant like that poochie thing we mentioned i must yeah. go now my planet needs me kind of felt like that but then also why else would he have stuck around? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's better than him just disappearing off screen. Yeah. So I don't really have a problem with that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, um, I, t I totally take on board and agree with most of what you're saying, if not right. all of it. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm not hearing stuff that I'm going, no, that's bollocks. That's yeah. not the case or whatever. I'm hearing all of it and, you know, I'm attributing the truth 
to it yeah. in my you know <clears throat> perception of the episode i think it just comes down to that first viewing mm. i think it just comes down to being in the right mood for some a particular thing yeah and true i just think that the hype around this finale because it the whole series has been so good we were destined to come away with it going a bit ah oh, but i don't think yeah. we wanted to believe that it was going to be like that no um so we've been forensic with picking out these plot threads and finding things that didn't quite work but for the emotional satisfaction of watching that finale i think it did it really well um do you I, think I, that oh go on no i was just gonna say i think for me this episode ended up being the sort of the antithesis of Chekhov's gun, you know, Chekhov's gun, you know, if I see a gun in the first act, I expect it to be fired in the second. With this, it was like, okay, that fob watch, all this stuff about your memories. If you are going to really make a massive point about your memories are in that watch, all your memories, doctor, you want to see your, you want your memories back. Oh, I want my memories back all season. All I want is my memories back. If I do not get a glimpse of those memories in this story, what was the point? I think the fact that the doctor ended the story by taking that fob watch and literally chucking it down the plug hole, which was like such a bloody on the nose image. It's like, well, what was the point in that? What was it was like, oh, I've set up the mystery, the new mystery of Doctor Who, but I don't want to answer it. So I'll just leave it somewhere in the depths of the TARDIS. And then if some other showrunner wants to come along and deal with it, they can come along and deal with it. I think that's I mad. completely agree. I think for me, that is the most egregious thing in this episode. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, we just get that. We get that whole thing just kicked down the road for another reveal later down the line. And the way that it's, it's performed is like, I don't know if the Doctor's going to really ask for it next episode. Yeah. I don't know if she's really going to ask for it in the second special or the third special or ever. Like, yeah, is that's that it. Done? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I just think it was too vague. Yeah. After a whole season where you kind of feel like that's the build-up. I mean, last season kind of felt like it was supposed to be the bit, the culmination of that thing. Yeah. And so to have it kicked down the road again to maybe never be answered. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. That's my main frustration with this story, and I think it's the thing that really drags it down in my estimations. I yeah. think every other thought about the way that certain threads weren't picked up on or examined or whatever is perfectly valid but for me the one thing that really annoyed me was that yeah um you're right it's the investment it's 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 the investment yeah. early on in the season of going this is where we're going yeah and then at the end of it to just be like we'll save that for another day or you thought that's where we were going but we're not going to do that yeah it, it was a real cop-out i think um and i yeah I, i'm i'm really frustrated that that, that it led to that um, yeah i mean like you said for all we know the second special could deal with that or maybe the third special with spoilers the master coming back i say spoilers it was it was signposted the doctor what do you mean the master yeah, of what it was literally your song is ending 2.0 I hated it. I hated all of that, but we'll come to that later on. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the watch thing, it could come back later on and perhaps that will be the culmination of the era, the memory thing. But it did just, the fact that she did it just made me think, 
this does feel like, uh, well, the mystery of Doctor Who is restored. And if another show runner wants to answer those questions, I've set the groundwork. And it's just, could you imagine if Andrew Cartmore had like gone, okay, uh, all that stuff about Omega and, you know, all the prototype stuff with the hand of Omega. Imagine if he'd have done like a bloody episode where you saw loads of that stuff. And then just as all these secrets were about to be revealed, it's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it now. You know, it'd be like, what? You know, at least with the, the Cartmore master plan, you know, as people call it, that was very much like, oh, you know, very little small teasers, you know, that could be easily brushed away or like, oh, just what does that mean? You know, that was it. They didn't spend masses of time exploring it and introducing all these new ideas and stuff, like you said, just to go, ah, well, maybe not. I think really, you know, not to blow my own trumpet, I think it would have been much better if she'd have done what I said last week and said, no, actually, let's, I, I, I don't need to know because I am the doctor. I know who I am. I'm a, I, was a, I was a boy on Gallifrey and all this sort of stuff. That would have been dramatically far more interesting, especially if Azure and Swarm had really held it to her as like, this is our power play. We're going to destroy the universe. Um and if you try and stop us, we'll, we'll destroy your memories. So, you know, what's it going to be? That would have been far more dramatic. I, I think that that whole thing with the, the memory house. Yeah. I, I think that it would have helped. It would have made the doctor deciding not to open the fob watch better. If we had seen a, a new thing. I know, yes. I know that, you know, we have that whole thing of adding too many elements into you know, something that really needs truncating anyway. Yeah. Um, or, or kind of, you know, um, thinning out. But I think if we'd seen something that was like a proper shocking, yeah. what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the doctor deciding to get rid of the fob watch would have been, I've seen enough to know that I don't want to look in that watch. Yeah. That also would have been good. That would have um, been good as well, yeah. I, I think that the mind memory house being disintegrated I don't think it had any weight to it whatsoever because it's a metaphor and like for an episode that's promising or seems to be hinting that we're going to get closer to the doctor's origins than we've ever been before to then just have a metaphorical thing disintegrate. is like, well, I don't feel like Jodie can go ah as much as she wants and make her look like she's disappearing or kind of like, you know, back to the future styley. But I think, you know, seeing that thing disintegrate doesn't mean anything to yeah. me. Yeah, because like, we don't know what it is. <laughs> I know, exactly. Like, okay, so it's not actually a real place, so it doesn't have any kind of physical um, stakes in it if it starts to disintegrate. Yeah. I've now found out that it's a metaphor, so like, I, I don't really care what happens to it. I, I no. get that it's the Doctor's memories, but I don't know what those spires represent. I don't know how exactly. many thousands of memories those spires represent. Yeah. Um, I guess... There is that fun of it that we'll never know. Yeah. Um, and that's quite cheeky, I think, in like mm. a cool kind of way. Like, oh, that, you know, all this build up about what the Doctor's lives actually are and the Doctor losing those memories. Here we are. Bang. She's just lost a lot of them anyway. Mm. And she'll never be able to get those back. It's not even a case that, you know, she'll get some 
questions answered. Like those yeah. memories are gone now. And I think that's quite brave. And, and mm. you know, I wouldn't say brave, brave is the wrong word. I, cheeky is the right word. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cheeky to go like, we're going to do this. And then here it is. Let's get rid of loads of stuff before you even see the kind of the yeah, main yeah, juicy yeah. detail. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would have been better if we'd seen stuff. I think that would have added a little bit of weight to deciding to toss the fob watch away. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed, it came out of just left field. It was just like, oh, what? Why would I, I just couldn't understand the character motivation after the, after the whole season. You know, we've been told so many times throughout the season, or, you know, I've been trying to hunt down division. I've been trying to find out who I am, where I'm from, and this, that, and the other. And for her to just be like, ah, you know what? I don't think I'll bother. It's like, what? It just, it just felt weird. Um, speaking of like metaphysical um, weird things, um, time. So this was something that I really didn't understand because obviously throughout the whole season, we've had a lot of stuff about um, Swarm and Azure talking about time, you know, space versus time, the war between space and time and all this stuff. And um, I was quite surprised when time which I just assumed was the force, the metaphysical force of time, actually turned out to be something that you could chat to. I was like, what that, whoa, what, what? What's going on here? And like, why did we not have a scene in fucking episodes ago where, you know, time was like bloody Emperor Palpatine or Hordak and they were there worshipping this thing and was like, oh, you know, we will free you, you know, you will become mastery of whatever. Not just, oh, why is there two swarms and why is it what it, it just it i just didn't i just didn't get it i was just like what is happening it baffled me I, uh, and all the uh, antimatter yeah. stuff when it was talking about antimatter i was like christ they're not going to bring omega into this as well are no they? i know i know i think the antimatter stuff was a bit leading from a, from yeah. a doctor who fan to write antimatter into yeah. a script it's a bit like because that's what i thought i was like oh time's turning up oh god is it going to be omega it's like omega yeah. going to be like this big bad but we yeah. you know, it just seemed very odd that oh okay you're you, you've got this other baddie really that we just didn't know about. I know, yeah, you're, yeah. To, to, to have all of that kind of the lead up to a possible Omega reveal, mentioning antimatter. I didn't quite get the whole thing with the Lupari ships are matter. So when they meet antimatter, it will cancel it out. There was something to do with. Yeah, matter, I th- casting out antimatter, I and thought, then and I thought, if according to according to Doctor Who uh, science, <laughs> you know, I thought yeah, antimatter and matter. Yeah, I think if isn't the idea that when matter and antimatter come into contact, is a massive explosion. That was how they solved the whole Omega situation in the Three Doctors, and that was why and they had to even, stop Omega from coming into the Ark of Infinity because it indeed, was going to blow up the universe. Even that whole thing about the Lupari ships being the anti to the antimatter or whatever. I don't know if I misheard that, um, but they get obliterated anyway. Yeah. Um, and then what do we think about the resolution of the flux itself being absorbed by a passenger form? Because well, when it happened, I was like, so I get that you've set up the idea that this thing can hold a lot of something. Yeah. I get that. And, and I, I, so part of me is kind of like, whatever, like they'd set up that it could withstand or, or hold a lot of something. Yeah. But it said it could hold a lot of like lives, like a hard drive or whatever, not yeah. that it could 
withstand absorbing the, the flux. Yeah, you know, just destroying everything else. Yeah, exactly. It's destroying everything else. And like texturally, I still don't know what the flux is. It's just like an event of antimatter that's wiping through the universe and has been impervious to the earth this whole time for some reason, but has now kind of come back round again because the doctor was somewhere near earth and the Lupari defenses surely when the flux hit them. Yeah. At least that's how I took it. I'm not, I'm I'm maybe not, I need need to go back and rewatch it. um, Another issue that I have with this story is that the geography of the story is mm. very confusing. You know, I don't really know where anything is. You know, I don't know where the Lupari are in relation to the flux. I don't know where the bloody Sontarans are hiding. Are they behind this wall of Lupari ships? What's what, you know, what is where I've, I've got a bit muddled and I was just like, okay, I'll just go with it. Fine. But, um, yeah. Then the, the, the passenger thing, like he just suddenly just appeared in space hanging outside the TARDIS. Like where, where did he come from? How did that happen? It, it, just so many things are like, Oh, okay. Oh, okay, fine. I'll just, I'll go with it. Sure. Okay. Mm. <laughs> you know, and maybe, maybe that's fine. And I'm sure some people are like, Oh, well, you know, it's just Dr. Who you just switch off and just take it as it is. But I think after the, the series as a whole had spent so long you know, building up mysteries and, you know, teasing us that we were going to get answers to just get the, the for the answer to just be, I just go with it. You know, it sort of harkens back to some of the Stephen Moffat issues we used to have where, you know, Peter Capaldi thing in the Dalek story. I've got a cup of tea. Where did I get that cup of tea from? I'm the doctor. Just go with it. And it's like, that I, is I have to say, though, I, I think I prefer the way that it's done here because Steve, because Chris Chedwell oh, yeah. isn't just knowing, you no. know, he isn't going to the audience. No. Shut up. Oh yeah, know? no, don't. And, and like, <laughs> totally. That's like that's that's the difference to me. Yeah. But if we go down that line of questioning, I know that there was somebody in the comments of the day saying they're sick of me going on about Stephen Moffat. Let's make this the last moment of Stephen Moffat that I'm, I have. Do you think that the finale ending up this way? I know we're kind of already skipping to a conclusion almost, but we'll, we'll go back and cover some other bits. Do you think that? in the same way that some Stephen Moffat stories, you go, ah, oh, that didn't get resolved. That seems a bit lame. Do you think this is going to suffer from the same thing? The same oh, fate? absolutely. Absolutely. I will, uh, you know, it was the exact thing we were worried about. As far as I'm concerned, we mentioned it talking about the weeping angel story because the weeping angel story was superb. You know, we, we said, well, wouldn't it be a shame if the resolution to all of this is shit? And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it was. It didn't deliver, um, which is a shame. And it, but it seems like such a, uh, a persistent thing in modern Doctor Who, particularly, um, that you get all this build up to a finale that just doesn't quite deliver. And we've had that for a fair few years. I think you're right. I, 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 I and that's disappointing when we've praised the structure, yeah. taking it, you know, taking a dip into something else. I don't think that this is endemic of like that being a a, a fault with this format because no, obviously, oh no, not at all. Like you said, this has been a problem for a couple of years now. This is the first time we've gone back to a serialized format since the classic series. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, the journey, I, the journey was excellent. It was the destination was the cock up. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I still I mean, think that I can enjoy the journey though. Again. Yes. I, 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 I don't think that this is going to affect my enjoyment in the same way that certain Matt Smith and Capaldi 
episodes would be affected. Okay. Because I think there are enough set pieces in there for me to want to keep going back to them. Um, I think really as, as poorly as I think they were handled in the latter episodes, I think the pr- screen presence of Swarm and Azure in the earlier goings are going to be enough to keep me interested in, on rewatches. Yeah. And I think from what I've seen of people who have made rewatches of it, I think people have enjoyed it more watching it back. Right. Um, I think that on a first viewing, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. And I think it probably does reward on rewatches. Yeah. And I think what will be really interesting is when we come back to do a whole flux review yeah. and we take the whole thing as, you know, after t- we've had time to gestate it and think, right, now this is now a solidified bit of Doctor Who in its history. It doesn't feel too fresh. If yeah. we have any misgivings, they don't feel quite as raw now as they did. Yeah. Let's look at this with fresh eyes. Yeah. And I we might have the benefit that, of what comes in the three specials. Well, this is exactly the thing. I, I don't think that this story is finished as well. No. I think yeah. that's important to state. You know, whether or not that the, the fob watch comes back into the equation, I don't know. But I still think that there's a big question mark obviously hanging over the state of the universe as it is. Yeah. Um, I think we could have something like what do they call it in Marvel, the blip? Oh yeah, 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 the blip. Yeah. I think that the flux could be referred to you know, at least for the next couple of specials as yeah. they are um, in that way, you know, that it was a, a, something the universe is still dealing with yeah. because there wasn't anything in there. You know, it's funny that Chekhov's gun thing you mentioned earlier, we all expected, and I heard a lot of other people commenting afterwards, what can be, um, you, what, what is compressed can be decompressed or whatever, yeah, yeah. Or expand, decompressed. That didn't actually end up happening. No, no. Um, and I think that was interesting, you know, yeah that everybody applied this logic of, oh, that's going to be... Like, that would have been a way worse cop-out, you yeah. know, to yeah. solve the flux. So actually, the passenger isn't the worst possible way that the flux could have been dealt with. And the fact that the passenger is there anyway, you know, yeah, I think there's going to be enough for you to buy it on rewatches that that's where the flux ends up being fixed or whatever. That yeah. it's not going to be that much of a problem. Yeah. Um, I guess it's, you know, it is still, it's, it's 48 hours old, this episode, mm. you know, as, as a uh, recording. No, no, it's 24 hours old, excuse me. It would be 48 hours old as of you guys watching this on YouTube. Yeah. Um, first upload. And I think that as we go through our rewatches and our reappraisals, certainly of Jodie's era, but specifically of Flux, I think that we're going to, we're going to, it's going to lift in our est- estimations, I think, especially the finale. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Do you want to put yeah, a bet on that so. as well? <laughs> I won't put a bet on that because I'm sensible. Um, uh, yeah, I still think there's enough ex- to explore next year. So what, what threads have we still got hanging there? I think Carvin Easter, Vinder and Bell, they're done. That, that's, yeah. a nice, that's a nice big finish box set uh, in, the, in the making. Uh, and I actually wouldn't be adverse to seeing it because I like Carvin Easter. And yeah. I think Bell and Vinder are fine as well. Um, Vinder having his kind of moment with the Grand Serpent um you know that kind of i've been waiting to do this sort of thing right um that was that was quite cool like his character i think everybody's character ended up where they needed to be yeah and to me that emotional satisfaction i think comes from that so really with the plot threads i'm just waiting to see if those get picked up again later yeah um so what what do we think we can come back to then well i mean really it, it is it is division and the doctor's memories joe martin's doctor I mean, she hinted very heavily that 
she's probably going to come back. So I wouldn't be surprised if in maybe the next one or the one with the master, you know, the finale, she's in it or something. Um, because it does feel like, you know, there's a massive question mark hanging over that character. Unless that is just going to be the thing of we never know that, that that's the mystery of Doctor Who. You know, even she doesn't know where she's from. But, you know, I think when you get to that, I think if that ends up being the case and then, of course, we then move on to Russell, who is undeniably never going to talk about that stuff ever again because he's going to want to do his own thing for his whole new era. It is just going to end up feeling like, well, what was the point in that? We might as well have just stuck with William Hartnell to, to Jodie Whittaker and those were our doctors. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't mind being proven wrong, but that's that's just how it, it seems to me. Um, and I guess really the only other thing is this st- stuff with the master, you know, that's been hinted at time saying, oh, watch out for the master he's coming to get you um (laughs) uh, and of course i oh you're good oh yeah now what the frig the the doctor you're gonna so then doctor you're gonna regenerate no no, you're not you're you're gonna die you're not gonna regenerate your regenerations are knackered it's like really like why um i don't know i i didn't take that as literally as some people have I, i need to look at the dialogue again but I, I didn't take that as literally as you've got no more lives left. I yeah, thought it was said, just she, like, she literally said something like no regeneration. You're going to die or something. Right. Well, is that the way we set up Russell 2.0? Like that's the end of this regeneration cycle onto a new one. But yeah, this is only a second regeneration out of the new lot. I know. It seems like weird to bring it up anyway, in that case, you know, like what, what, I mean, I'm sure there are ways and there are instances where Time Lords have been killed in a way that bypasses oh, yeah. their ability to regenerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've had that before. Yeah. You know, but I guess we've had that whole the doctor's actually just gonna die and not regenerate thing. Yeah. Much we've much like in the before. same way we had Gallifrey's been destroyed. We've had that before. And it's like and much in the same way as we've had the portent of doom that Doctor, your your time is up. You know, I hate that. I hate that stuff. Just let the poor woman do something heroic and then just drop down on the floor, mortally injured and regenerate. And that's it. Well, much like Peter Capaldi, like his kind of ending wasn't foreseen, you know, in the same way. And there wasn't some long build up to it eventually happening. Yeah, it was a noble sacrifice. Absolutely. There were enough instances in this story. I kind of felt it would have been interesting that, all three doctors are mortally wounded in some way as they're doing their own thing. Cause they all go through it. You know, I yeah, thought, yeah. is the doctor is the gluttony almost of spending as long as she did in her own memories. Yeah. Is that, is that too much for her actually seeing all of that anyway? Yeah. And that would cause a regeneration. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did that kind whole thing before gone. I did kind of think that that was where it was leading because they made such a point of like, Oh, you know, if you don't come back together soon, you know, you're going to die. And I thought it was going to be one of those things where, oh, okay, she's back together, but like the regeneration process is just like itching underneath the skin. And, you know, she's keeping it a secret from Yaz and thing. Wouldn't that have been an amazing dramatic moment? Like, Yaz, I got mm. something to tell you. 
I'm not going to be here anymore, but she just can't do it. And then, you know, then you yeah. get that bit with Dan coming in and saying, Oh, where's my bedroom or whatever it was he, he said. And then she's got to go off. You know, um, obviously, you, you know, you get that dramatic moment of her trying to open up to Yaz. Um, do you think I thought that was a really great scene? I thought that was lovely. And, and like watching it, I'm like, they're going to kiss. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. We all thought that Yaz kept looking at her lips and yeah. I was like, I, I definitely took that whole, there's a whole life inside of me that I never knew about. And I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm out there to explore it sort of thing. I definitely took that as Yaz, not the inter- the interpretation being I'm gay and I want to open up to you. Yeah. That's, that's how I, I think Yaz would have taken it. Cause yeah. it, you know, that whole thing, there's something inside of me and it, and it, it, you know, I need to share it with you sort of thing. Mm. It's definitely an allusion to that. I oh, think yeah. that, and, and I did see somebody say, and I think this is actually a fair point to make here, you know, at this point, that it's a bit queer baity now, I think. Yeah. You know, I do, I, I, I do think it will happen. I reckon in yeah. her last story, they'll have a snog before she regenerates or something. But yeah. then interestingly, I mean, obviously this is all just, they have to say this stuff much in the same way Peter Capaldi had to say, oh, well, you know, I might go off and work with Chris Chibnall and be in the next series of Doctor Who. You know, um, literally today, Mandip Gill said in the Radio Times, oh, you know, there's no reason why Yaz can't carry on with Russell T Davies' Doctor Who. You know, the cast, the whole cast doesn't have to change all the time. And I think that would be frigging brilliant if she carried on, because imagine you've got this character who finally, you know, they, you know, obviously has a, an, an extreme emotional attachment to this doctor. You get that moment, the cathartic moment of she kisses the doctor that she adores. You know, she's been with her through thick and thin. You finally lead to that moment and she dies and she regenerates into someone else. Maybe not even a woman could be a bloke. What a mind bender that is for that character. And then you've got Yaz having to deal with, well, I have all these feelings for this person, but you're not them. You're totally different. And how, how do I feel about that? That is such, that to me as, as a viewer, that is, seems really exciting. Probably won't happen. It'll probably just be a complete slate clean and that'd be it. But God, wouldn't it be good? It would be, you know, as someone who likes writing, that's the sort of stuff that I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to get my teeth into something like that and write something like that. I think that's a really good pitch to keep her on board. And I, I think she would have to probably depart pretty soon afterwards. I, yeah. You know, and so it, I, I, I think that Yaz now as a character, I think that she has made up for in the writing that we've got now and, and maybe actually in some kind of a development, maybe it wasn't a development in the conventional sense, but I, I feel like the growth in the, in the strength of her character has been eked out enough that it, it she is a well-developed and has been well-developed yeah. on screen, I think, yeah. by this point. Whether it's too little, too late or whatever, that remains to be seen by, yeah. you know, what and, happens and I, in, in stories. And I think having someone like Russell then take on that character and take on her family... You know, mm. someone who, you know, makes their bread and butter writing those sorts of stories. Gosh, how much richer would her character be and her backstory be with a writer like Russell doing it and investigating all that sort of stuff? You know, oh, the, you know that, that excites me. But like I said, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> 
I, I was thinking about Yaz earlier today because you don't, I think as you get older, you, you tend not to form the same kind of emotional attachment to a companion you would have if you were younger. Yeah. Because there is that sort of, you look up at the doctor as like a young kid and you're like, I want to be your best mate and travel around with you sort of thing. And as you get older, I think obviously that you distance yourself from that. And, and you, when a character like Yaz, who has gone through a lot, obviously, mm. um, you know, we had a whole story in season 12 that was based around her mental health issues. Um, and somebody who I think has developed well on screen. I appreciate her more than I think I appreciate other companions in recent years. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking, yeah, she's probably up there for me in terms of now, like, but, but whether or not when you watch it back, you think this older Yaz is doing it for me. It's a shame she only gets good later on or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think her as a character, I mean, her story isn't even over, so it's probably too early to be talking, way too early to be talking about this really. But in the grand scheme of things, I think that she'll, come round to being one of the most consistently well-structured characters that the new series has had on board the TARDIS. I think she'll be seen as actually being really quite a strong companion. Yeah. Um, but it, it is just a shame that all that she's waiting for now as a character for her arc to be done is to have that kiss with the Doctor. Mm. Um, and you're right, it's obviously going to happen. And I think that when it happens, it will be cathartically in a storyline sense, it will be a really satisfying thing to finally see. Yeah, um, and it will blow the internet. You know, <laughs> it will, but who cares about people that are angry about that? You know, like don't pay them any attention. No, <laughs> you know? but it'd be press. Um, it'd be God, my God, it'd be in it'd be in newspapers. Of course it will. Of yeah. course it will, because you know that hasn't happened before, and yeah. someone's got to break the seal. You know, a yeah, female yeah, yeah. doctor has to kiss a female companion at some point. Because yeah. if it's not going to happen here, how long is it going to happen? We're going to have to wait to see it again happen again. You know, yeah. like. Um, so yeah, I think that on the whole, I, I'm, I'm happy with with Yaz in this series. I think we should talk about the other characters that were alongside her, though. Yeah, I think we should talk about. I'd like to talk about Jericho first, actually. Okay. Um, because I kind of feel like his sacrifice should have been reserved for Carvanista. I feel like Carvanista yeah. kind of. Is, should have been in that place. You know, his species have been wiped out. Yeah. I don't get the impression that Jericho hasn't got anything left to live for. No. Like, like he's, there's he's... no reason why he can't sort of crowbar his way on board the TARDIS. Yeah. There's no reason why he can't go back with a renewed sense of what life can be. I can go yeah. traveling. I can yeah, do yeah, all these yeah. amazing things. Doctor, just drop me off with a bag somewhere yeah. and I can do this now. I've got I'll, outside of my shell. I'll stay here with Claire in the 21st century and I'll work with unit or. Right. Any, exactly. So many opportunities. So his, his sacrifice feels a bit like, I don't think he would actually, I know. I don't, I don't buy that. He would just sacrifice no, himself like that. I, I think he'd be pretty pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, um, but, but like you said, Carvanista is all of his uh, species are wiped out, which came again, very left field. I was like, Whoa, what? what? You know, oh, we've sucked that we've we've sucked them all out into the airlocks somewhere out in space. There's just loads of dogs flying around. <laughs> I did kind of want to see that. Um, yeah, it makes a lot more sense for him to be like, "I'm the last of my kind." Uh, you know, let me do this one thing. Oh, and by the way, before I do it, Doctor, me and you, we were in a weird furry relationship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my brain, <laughs> my brain's frazzled. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it, it would have made more sense for it to have been Carvanista. And also, yeah, they set that thing up with his with the with the poison in his brain. Yeah. And I'm like, 
he's going to be mortally wounded yeah. and then the doctor's going to say, I'm so sorry. And then he's going to say what happened and that'll be the thing that kills him. Yeah. Because it's like, it, like, unless he comes back and his final action is to do that. Yeah. That's another Chekhov's gun thing that you're like, it's yeah. so bizarre that that like, it, it, he should have just said, I can't tell you it's too traumatic for me. And the doctor probably would have gone, that's annoying, but yeah. okay. It's interesting you, you should say later. that. Because Harry Draper made this exact point about melodrama and drama. He mentioned it on Twitter and he said, you know, melodrama is I can't tell you this thing because my brain will explode if I tell you. Whereas drama is I can't tell you this thing because the pain, the emotional pain of it is just too much. And, and it would break, and, it would break and your Carvin heart Easter and mind. Yeah. You know, like Carvin had spent a lot of that scene detailing the trauma that he still carries from whatever happened. Yeah. So it's fine. Like, you shouldn't need to have that in there to explain why he can't tell the doctor about division and what no. happened between them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, again, it's just more, it's just this, this endemic thing of this series of, or this era of just adding more, more stuff, just keep adding more stuff. You know, that's, that's never the answer. <laughs> Less is more. You get told that throughout life. Less is more. You know, I think. But I think what really, if more is more, Matt? Well, Have you thought about that? No. <laughs> you know, I think we just need to look at the stories that were really strong this season, like the Sontaran story and right. the Angel story. Look how bare bones they were. You know, okay, this is the plot. This is going on with the Sontarans. This is going on at this temple. This is going on with the Angels. Fine. You know, you don't need a bazillion different things happening in different places. Like all the stuff that was going on with Claire and the psychic, whatever. I got a bit lost with all that. I didn't really know what was going on. It was something about pinpointing when the flux mm. was going to come out. It's just like, it just feels like more, more guff and more waffle. You know, you, you, I feel like the Santarans could have gone, Oh, we've used our computers to work out when the flux is coming. Okay. <laughs> that would have been it. You know, it, that would have been fine. Yeah, you know, again, it was just like, oh, we need to bring this character back. I didn't, I didn't feel like, oh God, we need to see Claire again. I was quite happy with how it ended up with her. She was left in the village or whatever. You know, I'd forgotten about her completely. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a, a lot of stuff being piled on, sort of for the sake of it, really. I'd um, something that just came to mind then. Where where was the flux supposed to culminate? Do you remember? Earth wasn't it? Wasn't it meant to Earth meant to be the last place? Well, Tectaeon wanted Swarm it to be. Swarm mentioned Atropos is supposed to be the final. Yeah, I got confused about that as well because yeah, again, but why did they why why did they end up there in that case? Because like actually, it was nice to go back there to be reminded yeah. that's still an important part of the story. Yeah, um, and I'm glad they did. But equally, like, what does that, like, so is Atropos the most important place here or is the Earth or like, yeah. was that where the flux was going to finally culminate or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that, that was a bit strange. Um, but again, to, to go to another location from a previous story, kind of, even if it is a bit of like a cod way of doing it, felt like, oh, okay, well, this is still a thread that's part of the wider yeah. story. So. Yeah. It's nice that we've gone back there, you know, and not forgotten about it completely. Um, unlike um, Dan, who was completely forgotten about in the story. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was he doing? That's Don't a very good me. point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, he wasn't really doing anything, was he? No, there wasn't really anything for him to do. I think. I think. Again, this is a you know this is a problem with the Chibnall stuff is when you overload it with things. There's only so much that ca- that certain characters can do and take yeah. on. And, you know, for him to take a back seat, and then I don't know how to. I don't know whether I like it or I dislike it. Him being eventually turned down by Diane. Um, yeah. I part of me kind of feels like they're going along that this world, this dangerous thing. It's way too much for me. Mm. But there's no indication that Dan is then going to go and join the TARDIS or anything. Yeah. Um, for Diane to say you were late, I yeah. like the fact that she's stuck to her guns on that and she's gone, you know, actually I asked you to do something and you couldn't do it. And that's enough for me to say that I don't think we should be in a relationship. That's totally cool. She actually gave a reason for it. Mm. It's not like she turned him down for no reason. I think no. people are thinking there wasn't a reason, but it's yeah. quite clearly stated. She yeah. goes, you were late and yeah. I can't rely on you basically. Yeah. Um, so, that was a bit like, okay, I can live with that. For, for, for the doctor then to invite him on board, I kind of feel like you can tell he's a good egg doctor, but there's not enough there for you to be like, he hasn't done enough for me to be like, yeah, he's a companion. He hasn't okay. had enough agency, you yeah. know, in actually doing things in the plot besides hitting some tyrants with walks. And the doctor can obviously see, oh, he's resourceful. He can do mm. that. But I can't think of anything he did in this season beyond that. Really, yeah. besides being a passenger to the whole thing and being what Yaz was, was years ago, which is just asking questions about the whole thing. Now, this is the curse of the Doctor Who companion. They need to do that. Yeah. Um, but you can also still use the character that's there to be expository and to ask the questions. You can still give them something to do. Yeah. Maybe by chopping Kate Stewart out of the story. Yes. Maybe by, you know, the Grand Serpent thing not having as much screen time or that Dan is somehow involved in that or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. His involvement in it is so minimal that I actually, I can't remember which part of the plot he was in. No, not me. Now that you mentioned it. He was in the tunnels, but after that, did did he leave the tunnels at any point? Like, yeah, he, they ended up on the, he ended up on the Sontaran spaceship because he got Carvanista out, didn't he? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you're right. And I think, maybe it would have been ca- nice character development for Yaz as well, because obviously Yaz at the start, unless I'm misremembering, wasn't she a bit like, Oh, don't really want Emma aboard the TARDIS, you know, and obviously they've spent three or four years together in each other's company. It would have been nice for Yaz to have turned to the doctor and said, look, he hasn't got anything. Why don't, why don't we bring him along? You know, he looked after me. We looked after each other. Why don't you invite him along? that would have been nice, a nice bit of character development for, for both of them. And it would have answered your question of like, well, why did the doctor invite him anyway? Um, and yeah, I mean, going back to the, um, the Jericho stuff, you know, yes, doesn't really react to the fact that this guy that she's been living with has just died. She's just like, she, she- I saw somebody going, nobody reacted to it, but Yaz, Yaz is on the verge of tears when it happens. Yeah. And I think we cut away from it so quickly that we don't it, see that yeah. kind of outburst. Yeah. Um, but then again, to be fair, you know, all people deal with that sort of thing very differently. You know, not everyone bursts into tears and sobbing and, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, 
who knows, maybe she has a quiet moment later on that we don't see. Um, it would have been nice for her, for her to have addressed it, you know, in some yeah. way. Um, yeah, it just sort of felt like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, another question I've got, just I think it might be one of my last points, really, but um, is the TARDIS still messed up? Because the last time we see the interior, Carvanista is sat on the box that's melted into the floor. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, you know, so time has got to still be broken in some way because like, I can't remember at which point in the story, either if it's before, directly before or directly after everything gets put back to normal or the flux is contained. But the TARDIS is still obviously in a bad state. Yeah. We know from the promo images... Uh, that have come out for Eve of the Daleks, the yeah. kind of first teaser of the TARDIS, there's still issues with it. So I guess, yeah, the TARDIS is still, is still buggered. Yeah. And maybe, maybe through the specials, we just see the, the, the degeneration of the TARDIS mm. and, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Um, yeah. There could be something in there. I, I don't think that's done. No, I think the indication that the TARDIS is still damaged is an indication that at the very least the TARDIS thing will still be looked at and possibly because the flux or aspects of the flux were causing that, that the universe being in tatters is going to be looked at again, I yeah. would imagine. Um, yeah. And something that Guy Lambert was talking about on Twitter last night, the alternate universes or the, the multiverse, again, that was another thing that, didn't really nothing came of that you know last week you and i talked about oh maybe that'll be it maybe they'll move into the second universe or maybe they'll take the seedlings of tech into the second universe and reboot the universe um and that'll be like this, a, a slate clean for the next showrunner sort of thing did we see division disintegrate by any chance on screen did we see all of that stuff blow up uh, and disappear and Oh, I don't know. It was like I, constantly on the verge all the way through that it was about to collapse. But yeah. I don't know if we actually saw it happen. I might be wrong. Yeah, we did. We I don't think we did. I mean, we might have done, but I can't recall seeing that happen. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. So potentially there's an ood just stuck on a spaceship somewhere. Poor bugger. <laughs> well, I mean, they did say they were going to trap the doctor there, living out perpetually the death of every single person a million times over. Yeah. So that poor Rude is going to be in a right state left yeah. on the vision. He's the yeah. only person they could have left to do that with, you know? Yeah. I did like that um, moment when um, <clears throat> when the doctor comes round and he's like, oh, doctor, you're, you're going to die. Do you want a drink? <laughs> I, I thought that was, I, that was really great. Um, there's, a, there's a nice humour to the Ood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a kind of, while all around is crumbling, you know, they're still polishing plates. You yeah. know, there's that kind of Crichton. I was going to say, of, it's a Crichton thing, yeah. It's really lovely. Yeah, I like a nude. Um, I think I've kind of covered all my points, Matt. Have you got anything else that you want to talk about? Not really. Um, oh, can we talk about <clears> the the score? Not just here, but for the whole season. I think is has been really, really good. Uh, for the whole season... I think I'd give it a seven or an eight. Okay. I did enjoy the season on the whole, but I, I it lost points because of the finale. I, I think a seven, a seven verging on an eight overall for me. 
like a kind of a, a middling eight, not a light eight, but a middling eight. I think that I can forgive it a lot more because I like this era more. And, yeah. and that is my bias. Like, you know, I think somebody asked us to, to review this in an unbiased fashion. I think, well, unless you bring something vehemently opposed to the kind of points you're making, like suddenly bringing politics or, you know, racism or homophobia, transphobia into a conversation, that's like a bias mm. to me that seems completely irrelevant. Everybody's perspective on something is going to be slightly biased and slightly skewed. You know, I've been more favourable to this series, so I've and, and this this era, so I've probably been more favourable to this finale as a result. That's my yeah. bias. You know, um, I guess that the the, the the kind of acrimonious thing about the review of death is that we're pretty different in our perspectives on, on yeah. this era. Certainly, I'm more forgiving of the story than you. Uh, but I, you know, I haven't disagreed with anything you've said. No. Um, so I, I find it difficult. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm not, I'm not ignoring points that people are making at all. And every criticism of the show uh, and of the finale that is fair and isn't a bad faith argument is probably right. Um, yeah. I'm not denying that people who disliked it are wrong and i'm not saying they're wrong but i just i enjoy doctor who in a different way i think now okay um i probably would have criticized this episode very heavily a couple of years ago but i've just enjoyed this last couple of years of doctor who so much uh, there were so many times watching this that i just felt like this is as pure a doctor who as you could get um, them being locked up somewhere yeah. and the villain coming in and, you know, doing a bit of plot explanation and then walking off. The sliding doors, the yeah. set design, the yeah. music, you know, hopping around time and space and it ultimately all being all right in the end and having a good sense of humour with it all. I, I, could, I just can't escape the fact that I feel like this is, this is the most Doctor Who-y Doctor Who's been since it came back to me. Yeah. And that's enough for me to push it over to, to get over the line a bit more easily than other people are liking it. Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, that you'd mentioned that it felt, you know, that it felt like the most Dr. Who Dr. Who. Um, and, I, and I, and I agree. I think, you know, with all the stuff with Atropos and all that kind of stuff, it felt like older Dr. Who. Um, so what would you, if you had to give it a number, what would you give it? I, I think I'd probably give it an eight. I okay, think I've, I've bigged it up so much. I don't think that I can go for a seven. I okay. think I have to go for an eight to be fair, but you know, all the criticisms, I hear them and I, 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 I agree for the most yeah. part. Um, but I just enjoyed it all a lot more. Okay. That's fair enough. Well, that's very good. Um, what do we think then just to finish us off the master? So obviously he's coming back. Um, we knew this anyway, but you know, the show, went out of its way to tell us he was coming back. What do we think is going to end up happening with him? How do we think he will figure into the story? Cybermasters coming back. There was also a line there about forces amassing against the Doctor. So, you know, I, I took that line of dialogue and that whole thing to mean there's going to be lots of baddies that want, want your head and yeah. the Master is going to be conducting all of it or leading them all. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I... I took it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so 
I guess it's going to be something like that. It's going to be a bit of a Pandorica opens kind of all the big bads coming at once to finish her off and yeah. the Masters sort of leading the charge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he had the Cyber Masters, didn't he, with him at the end of Series 12. And he said something like, oh, this way, didn't he, when they were like, escaping. So, yeah, potentially they're coming back with him. And like you said, maybe some other old baddies. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it all ends up. Maybe we'll get a trailer at the end of the New Year's special for the following story, which I assume... I would imagine so. I mean, it's all been shot, hasn't it? So Everything's been done, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would have thought that that would be maybe spring for the next one potentially um interesting though that again they made this point that oh doctor you're not you're not going to regenerate this time but all of the press release stuff for the centenary special has all been the regeneration story of judy whittaker um so we know i mean and obviously we know russell's taking over so we know that a regeneration is coming um but that then throws everything into you know if we break that down because we know that the console room set has been demolished. We know that Jodie's sh already shot her last scene. Um, and as far as Jodie Whittaker is concerned, and I think probably everyone's concerned, the new Doctor hasn't been cast yet. So how will that work? How, you know, will they green screen the new Doctor onto Jodie's body? Will they just put the new Doctor into Jodie's costume and do that on a green screen and superimpose it into the TARDIS? Maybe it won't take place in the TARDIS. Maybe it will take place somewhere else for a change. I yeah. I I mean, I've I've heard I've heard a rumor about what the sixtieth anniversary is going to be. Yeah. Um, to me, without without going into it, um, I kind of feel like. And actually, I felt like this before. I I kind of found out about it. I I, I sort of feel like we will have a riding off, not a riding off into the sunset, but an, a, a, an unseen regeneration. Okay. You know, um, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's going to happen in the TARDIS, mm. which will be a change. I mean, I, I just think that realistically shooting wise, if you haven't cast your doctor, it, are you making more work for yourself by having to do this whole green screen rigmarole? Yeah. And, and also because they'll be shooting it with different lenses, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, they'll be shooting it in a different way entirely. To then try and marry that, True. I think, is is probably just not worth it. Um, so do you think it'll be a bit, a bit like the war games that we don't see? Yeah, the, the... I think it will. Yeah, okay. I think it will. Um, but I think it will be hope. I think it will be hopeful. I don't think it's going to be that same kind of like, Jesus, you know, what's going to happen to the second Doctor? I, I You know, yeah. I think it's going to be much more of a, you know, the regeneration happens and just as we start to see the face change, maybe we'll know who the Doctor is by that point. I imagine we will. Mm. But just as we see the face change, um, we cut and then we have a lead in for the for the 60th anniversary. Okay. Oh, I guess we'll see. We'll wait and if see what happens. If we even see that much of the new Doctor, even True. if we see that much. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, I wonder how long it will be before the new Doctor is announced. Who knows? It could be days, it could be weeks, it could be months. Yeah. I don't think it will um, be this year, somehow. I don't think it will be this year. I would be surprised if it's before summer. Okay, um, yeah. Next year. 
I'm thinking it's going to probably be tied into the promotion and hype for Jody's final story if it does get announced before Russell is actually the incumbent showrunner yeah. because technically speaking with another year of episodes to go he kind of isn't yeah. you know like he's not answerable for what we're seeing on screen now if anybody's no. got a problem with it it's still Chris Chibnall who's going to be you yeah. know picking up the phone or whatever yeah um so I think that if we do get an announcement I don't think it will be before next summer no I think you're probably right because if you think about well you know the episode won't be airing until November 2023 there is a long time before anything needs to start being shot and nothing's probably written yet. (laughs) Exactly. And and that's just the shooting of that special. Yeah. And, you know, if the doctor, the new doctor's even in that. Yeah. um, You know, it could be something else entirely. So it'll be interesting to see how, just how that new run of it is promoted in general. You know, like I I think that, you know, knowing that Russell is going to come into the show, I think considering all of that is so patently obvious to an audience that's going to happen. Yeah. I think this series has actually done a very good job in standing on its own two feet and kind of just going like, oh, what it does, who cares what's yeah. coming next? Like we've still got all this to come. And, and, it, and I've really enjoyed the fact that the, the talk hasn't been about can't wait till Russell comes in. No. You know, it's been, let's wait and see how this plays out. Um, so that's not, yeah, it's not even kind of worth thinking about, I suppose, at this point, because we know so little and so little has actually been done fundamentally. True. So little, you know, Russell actually has another show. That's um, right. I think he's, he's got written for ITV. The Crossroads one, yeah. And I, so, you know, he's still got that to contend with to a degree yeah. before, you know, you can't just, you don't just write a thing and hand it over and it's shot and then you necessarily move on to the next one. You know, there's no. still aftercare and, and so on so i'd be very surprised if any substantial work has actually been done on russell's who yeah um I, I do not think that they've even thought about casting a doctor and given that that process takes months to yeah. send out the feelers and to get the tapes down and to actually make a decision and you know contract negotiations and so on i cannot imagine that we're gonna see anything this side of next summer no. If it does happen next year, it won't be before next summer. No, I, I think that's probably a, a safe bet. Um, and I'm glad, really, because, you know, you you don't want to take the impetus off the incumbent Doctor, especially leading up to her final story. Which is hilarious, because we've always known before the final episode who they're going to turn into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that could not, that, that might not be the case. I mean, I, I think that that hampers the promotion of, the final episode, mm. which you would hope a lot of people tune in for. Yeah. You know, some people only tune into the regeneration stories. That's right. Yes. So, you know, you want people to know that something's going to happen. Yeah. Everybody knows it's going to regenerate in, into somebody, but the promotion of who that person is, how big they could be, yeah. could be a big factor mm. in, in how well that story does. So, um, we just have to hope it's Idris Elba because seeing him try and squeeze into Jodie's costume would be hilarious. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Bursting like, at the scene. Yeah, it's going to be like the Incredible Hulk. He's just all going to tear. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what? What's going on? <laughs> um, right. Well, that was Doctor Who Flux. Um, thank you, as ever, Billy, for, for joining me on the adventure. Of uh... Uh, Thank you for being my travelling companion, Matthew. Um, yeah. my my Carvanista to my Dan. 
Carbonista. I think you and you're taller, so you're Carbonista. And I'm taller. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and I do I do howl when I I, I find out my relatives have passed away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do I do um, want to also say, obviously, thank you to everybody who's watched on yeah. YouTube, everybody who's listened on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much to our patrons who have continued to support us through Doctor Who Flux. We really, obviously, appreciate it massively yeah um, if you would like to support the podcast with everything that's going to be happening in the new year which um should all be very exciting and cool then you know um you can find the links to our patreon and so on down below um I, what are we going to do next matt so what's what's the plan for the rear of death for the rest of the year uh so we've got the day of the doctor which will be an audio only podcast that was what we recorded live at phantoms pandorica 2021 um, which was great fun. So that's going to be coming out next. That, um, that is audio only, but it will also be available on YouTube. It will be available on YouTube. Yeah, it'll just be like a video of animated waveforms, like the boss from Green Death. Um, and then after that, I think we're going to be doing the Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe. Oh, and we should be in the studio for that. We should be in the studio for that. The only reason we're not in the studio today, after last week, I said, we'll be in the studio next week. I got COVID. Um, so <laughs> we should be in the studio. Uh, turns out we couldn't have recorded in the studio today anyway, because the Oxcast are using the studio for Jingle Jam. They've raised over £2 million, pounds, well, $2 million for charity at the moment. Wow, so that's amazing. That's going really well. Um, and yeah, the, the Longest Johns were using the studio to do a music stream. So we uh, couldn't have used it, uh, at least not to But it's going to be our festive special. So it will be our we'll Christmas special. Yeah. things to do because, you know, w w as the old format of the new review of Death has been, you know, we'll talk about some waffle beforehand and then we'll, yeah. we'll do the review. So, you know, um, maybe we'll do like a big Q&A for the first oh, half. Oh, yeah, that'd that be video. cool. That'd be um, good. We, we would still really like to do at some point because we've talked about it for a while, um, maybe around awards season next year. Yeah. We do the Roddies and yeah. we do a big review of death award show uh, and we'll come up with some categories and it'll all be based around the TV show, maybe a little bit of alternative media, but considering yeah. that isn't really our realm, we'll have to think no. of some other categories. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll try and do, you know, the last 12 months in Who and then that will also include obviously the festive special, yes. which will be good. Yeah. And we'll have more of a clue of what's going to happen later in the year. Yeah. So there'll be more to cover. And of course, we've still got to review the festive special. Of course, coming yeah. out on New Year's Day. So um, hopefully, I guess we'll have to check our calendars, but maybe we could do, you know, that, you know, in the next couple of days after it comes out, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll um, try and do it similar to this in terms of turnaround. Yeah. And I've got to give you your Christmas present, which is sat yeah, here, yeah, it's, it's, it's here on my desk out of shot. So uh, <laughs> and it's been it's been there since last week. And I was like, oh, gosh, I better move that out of the way so you can't see what it is. <laughs> Oh, he's lovely, he is. But yeah, anyway, um, that, that was a, a long outro. But yeah, just a massive thank you. We'll do all these platitudes later, but specifically for this run of Flux and the reviews we've done. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been a lot of hard work on Matt. The fact that he's been turning these around in 24 hours. No, like the first right. time he did it, I was like, oh, I mean, that's great for the first one, but this is not sustainable. You know, we've, we've set ourselves up <laughs> the standards to maintain but the fact that these episodes have come out when they have um, is all down to Matt. No, he does you, all of the really hard work, you know, and he's, he's put a lot, you know, he puts his eve. He doesn't have uh, a 
an early night on a Monday, you know, the hardest <laughs> day of the week. You know, he's right. He's, I, I get notifications. Discord pops up because if you become a patron for seven, uh, five pounds, then you get access to the, the Discord and you get early episodes. And about midnight, I see it pop up <laughs> on my feed on Discord. Matt's gone, new episode, everybody, there you go. <laughs> and I'm like, good God, I'm tucked up in bed with a hot water bottle. So, um, yeah, massive plaudits and massive love to oh, Matt for you, all the work um, he's done. He, he's been absolutely superb. Well, we'll have to see what the format's going to be moving forward back into the studio, because do we go back to the table set up? Do we go back on the sofa? I was quite enjoying on the sofa. I thought it was quite yeah. comfy, quite cosy. Let us know what you think, folks, because yeah. yeah, let us know what you think of the setup. And, you know, hopefully we don't do many of these, you know, no. for the rest of the, you know, the run. So yes. we'll, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have a, a, a toy around with stuff in the office. But, you know, th- th- this is early days for the podcast and we've, hopefully got some exciting stuff with some exciting guests you know doctor who's have said yes to being on the review of death i'm not going to say who but it is i'd say a guarantee that you will get a doctor in the review of death next year is it that bloke who had i'm the next doctor who on his car is he has he agreed to do it if if he had the car with him then yes, but I, on his own, I can't, uh, you know, just a bloke that made up a ridiculous bollocks lie. <laughs> it might be interesting <laughs> to see him try and get out of it while telling the story. David Burton? Yeah, well, yeah I think so. David Burton. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Maybe we Is should get him around? on. Yeah, he's I don't around. Know. Should we no, get him on? That'd be a laugh, wouldn't no, it? No, I just think... But we just, play into the, we just play into the story. We're like, oh, yeah, so come on, then. Tell us all about no, it. No, that's cool. He might be in a home. <laughs> You might actually believe all this stuff happened. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening and supporting the, the review of Death. Uh, we'll see you next time for uh, Day of the Doctor. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.